Hello everyone, this is Jay Dobbins of the Marvel DC Multiverse, and we are now at episode 336, and I'll be doing a review on Spider-Man No Way Home. So, spoiler alert, if you have not seen Spider-Man No Way Home, I strongly suggest you do not listen to this episode. You've been warned. So, movie takes place after, of course... Quentin Beck, a.k.a. Mysterio, framed Peter Parker for murder and publicly revealed his identity as Spider-Man, of course, to the entire world. So, <clears throat> so Parker and his Aunt May, um, girlfriend MJ, and best friend Ned Leeds are interrogated by the Department of Damage Control, but lawyer Matt Murdock gets all of the charges dropped. Parker, MJ, and Leeds, Ned, of course, Applied to MIT, but their applications are rejected due to MJ and Leeds association with Spider-Man. So Parker, Parker uh, visits uh, the Sanctum Santorium to ask Dr. Stephen Strange for help. And Strange suggests a spell that would make people forget Peter Parker or Spider-Man, which Wong warns against, of course. However, uh... While Strange casts a spell, Parker requests uh, alterations to allow MJ, Leeds, and May to retain their memories. But interruptions corrupt the spell. Strange manages to contain it, but, uh, and of course makes Parker leave. Parker attempts to convince an MIT administrator to accept MJ and Leeds' applications. But are, but are suddenly attacked by Otto Octavius. During the fight, uh, Octavius rips Parker's nanotechnology from his iron spider suit, which bonds with his mechanical uh, tentacles and allows Parker to uh, disable them. As Norman Osborn appears, Strange uh, captures Octavius and places him in a holding cell, in the sanctorium, sorry, in the sanctum, alongside Kirk Connors, uh, Strange explains uh, to Parker that the spell summoned people from other parts of the multiverse who know that Sp that Parker is Spider-Man in their world. So Strange orders Parker, with MJ and Leeds' help, to find and capture the remaining people. So, as uh, Parker locates and captures Max uh, Dillon and Flint Marco, Osborne reclaims control of himself uh, from his split Green Goblin personality and goes uh, to a feast building, where he is treated by May before Parker re uh, retrieves him. So... While discussing their battles with Spider-Man, the capture villains realize that some of them were pulled from other uh, universes just before their deaths. So, Strange repairs a spell contained within a box that will send the villains back to their respective universes to meet their fates. But Parker, uh, of course... Uh, Parker argues that they should first cure uh, their powers and um, insanity, of course, 
uh, hoping that doing so would, uh, would, you know, well, sorry, doing so would prevent their deaths upon their return. So Parker steals the box, the, the box spell. And after a brief fight with, in the, sorry, in the mirror dimension, uh, traps Strange there, of course. So Parker takes the villains to Happy's, Ho uh, Happy Hogan's apartment and successfully cures Otto Octavius with Stark Industries technology. But while developing cures for Dylan and Osborne, the Goblin persona takes control and convinces the uncured villains to betray Parker. As Dylan... Uh, Marco and Connor's escape. Osborne kills May. Uh, Leeds accidentally learns how to open the portal using Strange's uh, sling ring, which he and MJ use to try to locate Parker. Instead, they find two other uh, versions of Parker who were uh, also summoned by Strange's spell, dubbed, you know, Parker 2 and Parker 3, sorry, Peter 2 and Peter 3, uh, Leeds and uh, MJ, of course, find Parker and uh, comfort him while the other Spider-Men share their own stories of losing loved ones and encourage him to fight in May's uh, honor. So, uh, the Spider-Men develop cures for the remaining villains and lure Dylan, Marco, and Connors to the Statue of Liberty, where Peter II and Peter cure Marco and Connors, respectively. Octavius arrives to help the Parkers and cures Dylan, uh, who reconciles with Parker III, while Octavius and Peter II uh, reconnect. Leads free Strange from the mirror dimension, but Osborne arrives and destroys the box spell, rupturing um, the barrier separating universes. While Strange uh, tries to maintain the barrier, an enraged Parker nearly kills Osborne before Peter II convinces him to stand down. Peter III and Parker then inject, uh, sorry, yeah, Peter Three and Parker then inject Osborne with his cure, restoring, restoring his sanity. Parker, realizing that uh, the only way to protect the multiverse is to erase himself from everyone's memory, requests Strange, uh, you know, requests Strange to do so, of course, so, but Parker promises MJ and Leeds that uh, he will find them again. The spell is cast, returning everyone to their, uh, returning everyone to their respective universes and wiping all memory of Parker from everyone in his universe while retaining their knowledge of Spider-Man. Later, Parker attempts to reintroduce himself to Ned, sorry, MJ and Leeds, but finds himself unable to do so, wanting to keep them safe. While mourning uh, at May's grave, he has a conversation with an unaware Hogan 
and is inspired to carry on without his real identity by making a new suit and res uh, and res and resuming his superheroics. In a mid-credit scene, a uh, universe displays Eddie Brock and his symbiote Venom decide to find Spider-Man, but are suddenly uh, returned to their universe due to Strange's spell, unknowingly leaving a part of the symbiote behind. So, I'm going to give this movie a... I'd say an 89 out of 100. And I'm going to explain why. I would have given it a 9.9 out of um, 100 if Aunt May hadn't died. That Because that's the only part of that movie that really pissed me off. And that's the only reason why... Uh, I didn't call the movie a masterpiece. So, that being said, there's a lot of plot holes that I want to uh, talk about. Um, so that's why I was kind of like, you know, I'm because I, I was asking myself like, why the heck would they, you know, do that? And I'm just like, okay. You know, killing off Aunt May, that's kind of crazy. And turning him and, you know, turning Parker into an orphan, that's even crazier. So, but, um, anyway. So, but there, anyway, there's a several plot holes in Spider-Man No Way Home. Like, for example, um, the lizard was already cured. Um, well, yeah, okay, Lizard was already cured, and Doc Ock was, was able to take control of his tentacles, and he then sacrificed himself to save the city. So, you know, so, I guess, so no cure was necessary for him. Electro never knew Spider-Man's identity, so I don't know how he count, cause he, cause in the movie he was like, oh, I thought you was black, you know. But um, so yeah, like I said, he never knew who Spider Man was, so I don't see how he got into the equation, or or how he fit into the equation of knowing, you know, being one of them villains who, or one of the, you know, one of the villains who knew who Spider Man was. And of course, Lizard and Sandman never died fighting Spider Man. So, I don't see how, you know, their fate, you know, how it was their fate to die fighting. You know, I, I don't get it. So, and then, of course, uh, if all, you know, if all him, if all of them died, you know, if all five of them had died in their timelines and it was their fate, then why change it? You know, wouldn't their fates be an absolute point than a nexus event? Because an absolute point is something you really can't change. Something that can't be undone. You know, we are, we learned that in the what if. So, you know, in the what if uh, uh, series on Disney+. Plus. So, yeah, well, yeah. So, I'm thinking, like, if, this, if it's their fate, then it's their fate. So, I don't see how 
uh, you know, how them, how saving them was even possible. But, and then another thing too, like, how do we know if the cure worked in their timeline since, you know, they were sent back to the, into the timeline that they died in or whatever. But they say it was before they died. But then again, we don't know, you know, what happens. But, uh, you know, it was never confirmed that the cure worked. So that's another plot hole right there. And another thing, too, um, you know, the fact that they undid, you know, the, the fact that they killed off Aunt May after she, because I don't understand why would you kill off Aunt May? And, you know, as far as the blip is concerned, like you blip her. So you kill her off and then bring her back on the killer off again. That's kind of crazy. However, they can still bring back Aunt May. However, bring back a variant, which is an alternate, uh, an alternate version. So like, for example, uh, now the only way they can do, you know, now that the multiverse is pretty much permanent in the MCU, they can bring back Aunt May's character. So Aunt May can, like I say, say, um, right now the only solution to bringing back Aunt May is Madam Web, because Madam Web has the ability to go, you know, to travel through time. Uh, you know, time travel is one of her powers. Uh, she also she also has telepathy and. Um, was it kinetic energy, I think? So, but she's blind, though. So, she can, you know, she, because, like, like, if you watched uh, the Spider-Man animated series, she was going, you know, she, you know, she was taking, you know, she, um, I think her, she teamed, I guess she was associated with the Beyonder, and the Beyonder is, uh, you know, I guess he could be part of it as far as, like, dimensions go. So, she's one of the, but yeah, she's a mutant though, so she could pretty much, uh, I think she'll be the key to undoing, either undoing Aunt May's death, or bringing back, uh, I guess, I don't know, I, I think that, you know, she might be part of the multiverse as well, but she's like the key, so, uh, I'll, have to, I'll explain more on that later, you know, as far as like the comics explain, you know, if I might, I might talk about that on my YouTube channel. But yeah, she's a time traveler, and she has control of uh, dimensions and stuff like that, so parallel universes or whatever, or uh, yeah, just dimensions, because, you know, in the series finale of Spider-Man, and there was an episode where Madame Web sent, you know, sent Spider-Man to a different dimension, along with other Spider-Men from different dimensions, like a, like the armored Spider-Man, you had the Scarlet Spider, you had um, the six-armed Spider-Man, uh, you had a Spider-Man with no powers, you know, you had, um, so you had, you know, I guess you had, one of them was a clone, Ben Riley. so you had all these versions of Spider-Man, so I'm thinking like, you know, that could probably work in the MCU, you know, with Madam Web. So, she, uh, opens portals, she's, uh, psychic, uh, or, she has telepathy, 
So that's why I'm kind of like, uh, yeah, she'll be the key to bring back Aunt May. Now, however, say, say they didn't do another Spider-Man movie and it involves a multiverse. And say, um, maybe, like I said, like say, um, say this, say he's in a dimension where he meets Miles Morales or whatever. And Peter Parker's dead. But Aunt May's still alive. So what they can do is, you know, put Aunt May in a dimension where she died. And, you know, but Parker's still alive. So that can actually work. Just like the Watcher did with uh, Black Widow. Black Widow didn't want to, you know, in What If. So Black Widow didn't want to go back into her time because everybody's dead. So she go, you know, if she went back into her time, she'll be the only person left alive. Because when, like, it was the, uh, it was the episode of What If Ultron won. That episode, um, that's where everyone died except for uh, Hawkeye. It was Hawkeye and Black Widow, you know, that were left, and then then Black Widow was like the only survivor. So. And then, uh, like, but yeah, however, in the episode of what if, um, what if Watcher, the Watcher broke his oath, which he did, and he was, you know, he, so he sent everybody else back to their, uh, universes, but Black Widow didn't want to go back to hers because everybody died, and that was the one where Ultron won, so Watt, the Watcher, sent her to a dimension where she had already died, so... He was like, hey, I'm going to send you to an dimension where they lost their Black Widow. So, however, she exists in that reality now. So, they could pretty much, you know, if the Watcher can do that for the Black Widow, then I'm guessing, you know, Madam Web or the Beyonder can probably do the same thing with Aunt May. You know, open a portal and send her to that dimension where she died. Therefore, you know, you're going to have a variant Aunt May. Therefore, Peter Parker will not be alone. Because Aunt May was the only family that uh, Parker had left. Now, you turn him into a doggone orphan. I'm thinking, like, well, you know, why the heck would you even write that in there? You know? That's making no doggone sense. I mean, I don't know. This is that part. The lack of common sense from these writers is just unbelievable. They were like, oh, yeah, we thought we killed Aunt May because, you know... Make it more, you know, make it emotional and give, uh, you know, Peter Parker a better, you know, a, uh, you know, a bigger purpose, you know, just something like that. And I'm like, come on, really? You killed the only family that Parker, Peter Parker had left. And now he's alone. Like, nobody knows who he is. Now you kind of wonder if he has even, he, does he have a doggone birth certificate or social security card? I mean, come on. So, you know, they don't, you know, that's the thing. Writers don't think about things like that. You know, because the point is, if you want to write a perfect movie, the goal is not to create plot holes. The Avengers, like the Avengers Endgame, that would have been a perfect movie if it wasn't plot holes. You know, if there weren't plot holes in that movie, it'd be perfect. Same thing with Spider-Man No Way Home. The movie would have been perfect if there were no plot holes. I I shouldn't be asking questions as to, oh, did the cure work? Oh, you know, why couldn't they, you know put Aunt May in a coma or something. Why do you have to kill her off? You know, something like that. I mean, 
And then on top of that, why would you write write it to where, you know, Peter Parker, you know, you think you would think a genius, you know, so, uh, you would think someone who is a character who is smart as Peter Parker would think to plead their case to the MIT administrator before going to Doctor Strange for a doggone spell. Because he was like, you know, Strange was like, wait a minute, you didn't even plead your case yet before coming to me to do this spell? And he's like, well, yeah, I no, I didn't, you know, yeah, I didn't uh, plead my case. And I'm like, wow, he could have done that first. Common sense, you know. He could have used a spell thing, you know, to make everybody forget Peter Parker's Spider-Man. They could, he could have used that as the plan B. Then, but, you know, had used the, you know, plead your case with the administrator, the MIT administrator as plan A. You know, that could, you know, but, yeah. And then on top of that, you know, you have one, you, you know, you have five Marvel villains. One of them didn't even know who Peter Parker was. But to say that all of them did, that's, you know, that's inaccurate. So, and it's also conflicting you know it's a conflict or contradict you know it kind of contradicts the amazing spider-man 2 pretty much well matter of fact sorry it's this is contradictions pretty much all right conflict same thing you know just it doesn't really match you know two different things pretty much so it just you know Every time they make a final movie, like or a trilogy or whatever, you know, like they did the Avengers Endgame, is always a plot hole. It'd be nice to do a trilogy where there's no plot holes. You know. So they could have done I mean, the movie was good, no doubt. It could have done better. You know. But killing off Aunt May, you know, that should never have happened, you know. Because think about it: you killed off Uncle Ben, and because you know, because Ben Parker died in the multiverse, not because he was shot, you know, or killed. You know, nobody killed him. He was he died of a uh, illness, so he was sick. So there was, you know, and you know, Peter was like, "Hey, there was nothing I can do about it," you know. So nobody killed Ben Parker. He just you know, he just, you know he was sick and died. You know, he got sick and you know died. You know, but now you got Aunt May, you know, you kill off Aunt May. I mean, they killed off Aunt May in a doggone Spider-Man video game. I mean, come on. This is ridiculous. Like, why would you kill off the only family that, uh, you know, Parker had left? Matter of fact, they killed off Aunt May in in the Civil War universe. And then in the mainstream universe... After, uh, this was like years, years after, um, Peter Parker and, uh, Mary Jane got married. This was like a, I don't know, probably less than 10 years or whatever. Uh, Aunt May died of ill, you know, she died, you know, from sickness. She was ill. And then she died on her deathbed. But she didn't die alone, though, because Aunt May and Peter Parker were with her. So, you know, there's three universes. Where she died. The Civil War universe. The, I guess, the PlayStation 4 universe, you know, 4 or universe. 
you got in of course the Civil War universe. So, but you, but now all of a sudden the MCU. I mean, come on. So four universes where Aunt May died. So, yeah, they can still undo that, you know, since you know the multiverse is pretty much in full effect and permanent. So, you know. But, uh, yeah, Aunt May's the key to undoing, Aunt, you know, Aunt May's, you know, yeah, Madam Web's the only, you know, she's the key to undoing Aunt May's death. You know, either going back in time to save her or transport, transporting her to, from a different reality to the MCU. So I'm thinking, like, you know, say if, if uh, Tom Holland Spider-Man meets Miles Morales Spider-Man, I think it might be in a different universe. That's what I'm thinking. So I think that's where Madam Web comes in. And I'm thinking Madam Web will have something to do with uh, Peter Parker meeting Miles Morales. And also Peter Parker meeting Carnage and Eddie Brock at some point. Or, you know, the Venom. So... Yeah, I don't think I don't think uh, Sony and Marvel Studios are done with the multiverse yet when it come when it comes to Spider Man. So, but anyway, um, yeah, um, like I said, the special effects was excellent. So I won't be I won't be surprised if they were nominated for an Oscar for that one. You know, but as far as best picture, eh, I doubt it. But. We'll see. I mean, we'll see when um, they do the nominations in uh, February, I think. So, but um, I would say, yeah, special effects were excellent. Uh, I like how they were able to make uh, make it work as far as bringing villains from the other Spider-Man movies into this one with the same actors. So that worked. I wouldn't say that worked. I mean, it worked out. It worked out good, but it, you know, but not as well as I hoped it would be. But it worked out good, even though despite the plot holes in it. But, um, you know, even though like okay, you know, because I was wondering like at first, you know, when I saw the uh, when I saw the trailer, Doctor Otto Octavius was like, "Hello, Peter," and then he was fighting him. And he said, like, "Wait a minute, you're not Peter Parker," and I was like. Whoa! Wait a minute now. I was like, "Uh oh," because I was thinking like, I think that you know that's when I that's when I was thinking okay maybe Tobey Maguire is gonna be in this, you know, in this movie. When that happened, but um, so you have you know I like how they were able to find a way to make it work. It didn't work well, but it worked in a good you know in a way. Where I was, I mean, it was, it was, that's the best way to put them in the Tom Holland, you know, in the MCU without having to recast. So, I like how they were able to do that, you know, put them from different, you know, universes. I mean, at least it made sense what they were doing in the MCU, you know, or the Earth 616 timeline. So, I like how they were to kind of work that in. And then, of course, uh, you know, let's not forget Charlie Cox. You know, his, you know, Charlie Cox's Matt Murdock. I like how they were able to 
put them in. You know, some people, you know, there were, you know, I'll say half, half of the people in the theater did cheer. You know, my best friend, she was like, okay, what are you cheering for? I'm like, who is that? And I told her, I was like, that's Daredevil. You know, she'd obviously never watched the, um, she obviously never watched the, uh, TV show on Netflix. I don't even know if she has a Netflix account. Never bothered to ask, but, you know, so, yeah. And then, of course, um, Oh, yeah, but I like how they were able to put him in. I was really hoping they would, you know, put Jennifer Walters in there instead of Matt Murdock, you know. Because, you know, they need to introduce her into the MCU. Since she has her own TV show coming up on, coming out on Disney Plus called She-Hulk, so. But, um, of course, obviously they wanted to boo Matt Murdock, so. But, um, and another thing, too. I like how they were able, you know, I like how they put, brought in um, Eddie Brock's, uh, Tom Hardy's Eddie Brock into it. You know, and then, of course, he is transported back into his uh, universe and then leaving, all of a sudden leaving behind the, the you know, a, a part of the symbiote. Now, they could pretty much use the Black Costume Saga for Tom Holland Spider-Man. I mean, for the Tom Holland Spider-Man films. So, but the question is, what is a Black Costume, you know... What is the black Spider-Man costume going to look like? So, or are they going to use a uh, anti-venom? I mean, like or agent venom, like you know, Flash Thompson or whatever. I don't know. But obviously, the black costume cycle is going to be in the MCU at some, you know. So obviously, they're going to make that work. You know, a black costume saga for the MCU, and then have uh, have a. Uh, have him transfer into a the different have uh, Tom Holland transfer to a different universe or whatever with Madame Webb's help, and to take on Tom Holland's sorry Tom Hardy's Venom, and who knows they might go into a different universe or they might go into a different universe as you know where they take down where they take on um, Woody Harrelson's Carnage, but we don't know. But the multiverse can work, you know, with the Maximum Carnage film, a black costume saga. Uh, Tom Holland meeting, um, Tom, you know, uh, Spider-Man Miles Morales, you know, things like that. So, but I guess we'll, you know, we'll, I'll try and get into that with you guys later. So, but anyway, um, storyline was, you know, storyline was good. Could have been better. Um, special effects was always, you know, it's always good. Uh, the fight scenes were always good, you know, so. But I like how, you know, the fi that final fight with uh, the Green Goblin and Tom Holland Spider-Man where shoot, Tom Holland was putting the beat down on uh, Willem Dafoe. So I like that fight scene. So that's definitely going to be going into my Epic Fights collection on my for my YouTube channel. So, yeah. Um, and before I forget, the movie, of course... Um, has made, I would say, what is the, as far as I can remember, the box office, as far as the box office goes, the movie has made $302.9 million in the box office with the production budget of $200 million, so, which is good. I won't be surprised if this movie hits a billion, so, but, uh... Yeah, that's pretty much it. So, um, that concludes this uh, review. So, feel free to visit us, like us on Facebook. We're available to iTunes, Google Play Music app, Spotify, and of course, YouTube.